Welcome to the Midlife Career Rebel, the podcast created for high-achieving professional women to gain the clarity, confidence, and courage they need to go after and get the life and career they want. I'm your host, Dr. Carol Parker-Walsh, lawyer, social scientist, brand strategist, executive coach, entrepreneur, and midlife career rebel. Each week, you'll learn strategies to manage your mind, navigate the challenges of midlife, and take control of your career so you can thrive doing the work you love. So if you're ready to tear up that rule book and create your own, you're in the right place. And I can't wait to show you how. Hey, 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 Rebels. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. I'm excited today because we have, we're changing things up a little bit different. And um, my guest today is Dwayne Leckie, who is a certified life and mindset coach and the founder of Dwayne Leckie Coaching. And Dwayne has created his coaching practice to really help midlife men who want to stop underliving and start becoming the fullest version of themselves. Like that is so awesome. And Dwayne leverages his expertise as an executive, a business owner, coach, mentor, husband, and father to help midlife men direct their mind, energy, and action towards the future they truly desire without apology. Now, Dwayne is the creator also and host of the Rebirth of You podcast, where he offers coaching, advising, and encouragement to midlife men on the journey to become the HIM, capital H-I-M, that they truly want to be. And I think that is so amazing. And, and I just want to say, I know usually, you know, this is a podcast for you women and you're probably like, Hey, why is there a guy on here? And, and I, I wanted, I invited Dwayne to be on this podcast for two really good reasons. First of all, midlife's not a joke, you know, and the midlife pivot is real and we are experiencing it in multitude of ways and different, different, we all have different experiences. And I think it's really great just to hear other perspectives. And the second reason is just to continue to build dialogue and discourse. Like we seem to have lost that in our society. And I think it's a great opportunity when we can hear from the other in a way that's open, the way that's not competitive and, you know, not trying to one up, but really listen to each other and dialogue in ways that, you know, hopefully we can be more supportive uh, as we go through this journey of midlife together. And so with that, I want to welcome my guest, Dwayne. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much, Carol. I am so excited to be here. Um, I loved your intro for me. <laughs> I wish I could have you on my podcast and just have you do that <laughs> intro every time. So it sounded so great. Thank you. Well, thank you. I, I really appreciate that. Um, you know, and you and I were having a conversation just to, you know, let you guys in on this. We were um, having a conversation, both Dwayne and I were trained under the same uh, life coach certification school, the life coach school, and met each other through an affinity group. And like I said, when I saw what he was about, just a kindred spirit and definitely wanted to have him on the podcast, because like I said, midlife is not a joke. And I think we were having a conversation about just even your own experience at midlife and just how things have changed for you and, and really got into conversation about that. You know, I would love to hear a little bit about, you know, your own pivot and transition in your career and, and how that experience 
has been for you, you know, during this midlife journey? Yeah, no, I think that's great. It's a great question. And it's, you know, as you mentioned, you know, we had this conversation, you know, about, um, you know, kind of this, this midlife uh, moment for, for both of us. And I think for me, what I found, you know, to be, I'll say this, it, it definitely, it surprised me, even though it was something that I thought I was anticipating. Mm. Uh, I had, um, I had always been in dialogue with my wife about, you know, what it was going to be like when our kids were older and we were empty nesters and what our life was going to be like and, and, and are we going to stay connected? And we had conversations about that all throughout our marriage when our kids were babies. So when, you know, our youngest went off to college and, you know, we decided to, you know, take a break and, and move back east and get in the apartment a mile from the beach, you know, in my mind, I'm like, okay, this is it, you know, we're going to be living it, living it up and having a good time. And, and I found myself in this, what I would characterize as just this place of despondency or apathy. And I was, and it was weird because I just didn't understand why I was like, how could I, you know, like I have no, no reason to be, you know, uh, feeling this way. I felt like, you know, why am I, I felt, I felt shame. Like I was being ungrateful for the life that I had already been afforded. I was, you know, I had a beautiful family, had a great career, beautiful marriage. And here I was feeling like, feeling this empty feeling inside and not knowing what to do with it or where to go with it. And, you know, it was, you know, it was a moment of, of definitely some soul searching for me. Um, and I had to, you know, get honest with myself and, and be honest with my wife and share what I was feeling and really be vulnerable. And, and, and that was tough. Um, because I, I'm, I probably like a lot of men, I, I tend to internalize my emotions and, you know, mm. and I think I was telling myself a story that, um, you know, like I shouldn't feel these emotions. So then, you know, so then that was causing me to push them down and resist them. And it was through coaching that I was able to discover how, that pushing down of those emotions was, you know, a primary reason that I was suffering. And it was mm. a primary driver of the pain that I was going through. Um, and it was through that understanding that led me to, uh, actually led me to the life coach school, the school that we both went to, led me to going on this journey of becoming a coach myself. Um, and, you know, really led me to, to focus on helping other midlife men who are facing this time and not really knowing where to go with how they're feeling, with their emotions, not understanding what's going on and, and help them navigate this period of time uh, and, and really see that, you know, this is not all that there is. It's not done. They're not done. It's not over. There's a whole life still waiting for them. And the possibilities are endless. And I think that, you know, we live in a society that tends to want to tell us, um, you know, 
when to start, when to stop, wants to tell us, you know, what we should be doing at all these different phases and stages of our lives. Mm. And, and I think that we, you know, we buy into that. I bought into it. I bought into this idea. It's like, well, I should, you know, my life should be further along or I should be doing this or I should be, mm. you know, I should have this much money in the bank by now. And I should have, and, and all these shoulds and not realizing that I was constantly beating myself up mm. unnecessarily and creating my, and creating the experience that I didn't want for myself. Hmm. Wow. I could totally relate to that because I think, you know, I, I agree with you as a society, we get fed so many messages and, you know, and unless we're told something different or see something different, we just get in line and take our number and keep going in that same direction. And so it's just, it's just interesting to hear that, you know, as you go along through it, like some, something happens or gets to be an awakening that you're like, wait a minute, like, how did I end up in this line? (laughs) What is, what is this about? If I want to stay in that direction, you know, and, and like for you, what, what, when was it like, what was the moment that you, you know, were going along the way and realized that, you know what, is this really, where I want to keep going, particularly as a husband, a father, the provider, you know, with all those responsibilities on you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when I think back, um, you know, there was a, I was, I can remember the evening I was, I I was working. I worked remotely. This was pre-pandemic. I was already, had already been working remotely. So the whole thing with the pandemic wasn't a new thing for me. And I remember I happened to not be traveling this week. So I was home and end of the day, and I, my wife and I, we went to the beach at the end of the day, just to, I think we had dinner and we walked along the beach. And I remember sitting there with her and, and just feeling the heaviness. And it was a beautiful mm. evening. Like everything around me was just gorgeous. It was a beautiful evening. We're on, you know, in the beach, you know, um, yeah, I think we were just, we, we, we were living in Boca Raton at the time. So, you know, East coast of mm-hmm. Florida, Atlantic ocean, water's beautiful, sand feels great. The sun's hitting me, warm air. And I just felt empty. I felt like, like, heavy and 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 sad and Mm. and and I remember telling my wife she because she was like and this was when I decided to like just really just open up about what was going on how I was feeling and one of the things that came to my mind at the time was I just felt like I felt like there was this overriding feeling like I was like I was done like that was it that you know um you know, and, and I, I felt like a part of it had to do with the fact that my kids were older and I felt like this, this role that I had played of provider and of, you know, the father and the rear of these children felt like that role was, was, had ended. Mm-hmm. And, and I feel like, and I think that when I like think back on that, a part of the struggle that I was going through was processing that change was processing that shift. And I, I didn't really know how to process it. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that a lot of men 
go through moments like this where there is a shift and they don't know how to process it. And as a result of that, they end up doing things and <laughs> behaving in ways that on the outside looks like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> and it's, and, and I can, and I can see now how that can happen. I can see now how, you know, the proverbial midlife crisis, you know, is born. And mm. it's, it's, it's this, this inability or this lack of knowledge or lack of awareness around mm -hmm. how to manage and process our own emotions. And also dealing with the, the ideas and the thoughts, right? I think, you know, the way I characterize it, I feel like I was living this shadow life. Like it wasn't like, I, I felt like there were all these things that I wanted to do and I felt like it was too late. Mm. And I was telling myself the story that, that caused me to believe that that was true, but it wasn't true. And it isn't true for so many of us. Like, mm -hmm. the, like what, what remains is, is in oftentimes can be so much more than the life that we've lived up to that point, mm -hmm. you know, like, and figuring out and learning that my best years were ahead of me. Mm -hmm. And, and then getting to a place where I could start thinking about a future that was bigger. And that helped to compel me and give me the energy to do more now than I was doing before. Like I was, you know, I just had, you know, my executive role. And I thought, oh my gosh, there's nothing. I, how can I do more? How can I do something else? I like, I don't have any time. I'm so busy. I'm so tired mm -hmm. of this. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing because now here I am, I still have my executive role. I have my coaching business. I have, and I feel like I have more energy, you know, mm. and, you know, and like, I tell myself, you know, like I can do twice as much. Wow. Yeah. And it is, it's amazing that that has transpired in my life. So that's, that's the thing that I want to help other midlife men connect with and see as possible for them. Yeah. Yeah. I want to, I want to circle back to the energy that you said you're feeling and, and, you know, from, from my perspective, I, I, I would think it's because man, once you kind of have that clarity and, and kind of take back that ownership. It comes from that, but I want you to talk more about that. But I'm curious when you were in the throes of this heaviness and of, you know, thinking of maybe making some shifts um, in order to follow your own path, as opposed mm -hmm. to a pre-described one, what were some of the challenges, if any, that you faced during that time? Like, how do people respond? How did you respond? How, you know, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. So how, like, well, I think for me, it was getting, getting over this idea that I was, that I was done, that it was too late for me. Mm. Um, you know, I think that was um, a big part of it. And I think, you know, being willing to open up and actually talk about how I was feeling was extremely helpful. And, you know, what was amazing was, you know, my wife was like 100% supportive of what I wanted to do, right? So there was no resistance there. All the resistance was in my mind. Mm. It was all in my mind. 
and all the thoughts that I had about, you know, well, can I, you know, how can I do this? I'm going to be working, you know, I've got a, you know, a quote unquote big role and, um, you know, what are people going to think? And, you know, what was great, what was also a catalyst for me was um, right after the pandemic hit, uh, pandemic started in March of 2020, June of 2020, um, I found out I was getting laid off from that quote unquote big role, right? So mm-hmm. it didn't really matter what those people were going to be thinking about what I wanted. <laughs> to do, right? So, so I, I, um, and it was during that time. It was in that window of time where I was laid off. I decided to take the summer off, and I actually decided to uh, get certified as a coach. So mm. you know, I took some of the money that I had in savings, didn't have a new job yet and made the decision to get certified. Cause I was like, okay, well, if not now, when, and you know, if they're, you know, and I just felt like what has transpired up to this point and me getting laid off, I could use that as a reason not to do it, but I chose mm-hmm. to use it as a reason to do it. I chose to mm-hmm. make that mean that this is why I should do this so that I could actually have some control of over my life and my own destiny and I found that it was in the it was in the it was in the creating of this idea of a bigger future that gave me the energy to be able to do more than I thought was possible before Mm -hmm. Uh, you know and creating this future that was bigger something for me to look forward to. And this is something that I talk a lot about with on my podcast and with other men is that, you know, when we were younger, when we were children, we lived for the future. Mm-hmm. Like, we, like you know, when, when you're a child that you have, your, your future is everything. You have this big, vivid, compelling future that is drawing you towards it. You know, mm-hmm. you're able to think of things and do things and plan on things that you have never done before, but you never tell yourself, well, I have never done that before, so I'm not going to try or think about that. You just, that's what you're going to do. Right. And for some reason along the way, we get into adulthood and we kind of fall into this trance of believing that that's not possible for us anymore. It's like mm. we have to stop thinking about our future that way when we hit 35 or 40 or 45. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's just not true. You know, that, that isn't true. And, you know, I believe, you know, so many people who are, you know, men who are under living, it's, they're, they're doing so as a result of uh, a, a dim future. There's just no outlook anymore. Mm. And, you know, so I love to help people, you know, kind of open up to the, to the idea of what's possible, mm-hmm. that there is like your future isn't determined yet. Mm, You mm -hmm. get to decide, you have a choice. It can be as big as you choose for it to be. And I encourage people to make it as big as possible because you'd be amazed at how much energy can be drawn, you know, from a very vivid and compelling future. I think a Mm -hmm. vivid and compelling future will pull you towards it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and that and then in that that pulling you towards it that en- energy is produced and, and i think where there's no energy 
there's no vision, right? Like mm -hmm. you've heard the saying before, you know, my people perish for lack of vision. And I think that that's what that means to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, in this moment when you're laid off, and I'm just wondering, because I'm just, I'm curious, because, mm -hmm. you know, from, from a gender perspective, right? So you're, mm -hmm. you're laid off, you have a family and you decide that you are going to go get certified. Not mm -hmm. that you, you know, probably weren't looking for other things, but mm -hmm. like, what was going up for you? Like, what were some of the fears? What were some of the things that, you know, cause it sounds like, you know, well, you know, I got laid off. I went and oh, got the certification, yeah. right? You know, I mean, in retrospect, when we tell the story, right? It's like, oh, you know, I did this, I did oh, that, yeah. you know, it all, it all rolled yeah. well. But I'm well, just curious in that moment, like what was going on? Like, what were some of the thoughts or some of the fears that were popping up when you were like, oh shit, I got laid off. And I got yeah. You know, um, <laughs> Well, you know, Carol, if I have the pen, it's always going to be a good story. If I got the pen. You know. <laughs> of course. <laughs> right. Um, but, you know, I'll, I'll take you back to, I mean, I, at the time when I got laid off, I had already been, um, you know, listening to and, you know, positive podcasts, coaching podcasts you know, working on, you know, my mindset. So this was already something that I had already been doing. And, and it just so happened that that period of time, probably this, I would say the year prior to uh, me getting laid off, I had just gotten deeper and was just religious about, you know, absorbing the right things that I felt like I needed and really kind of making the connection between my thoughts and my behavior and my feelings. So when the layoff happened, I, I was actually extremely calm. <laughs> and I, I was actually extremely calm. I, 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 it, wasn't, it wasn't like the news was a complete shock to me, given the environment that we were in. We were in the pandemic. Companies were shutting off projects. You know, I was in a, you know, in a sales-oriented role. So, you know, my client their projects were getting shut down. So it wasn't a complete surprise to me, but how I handled it was a surprise to me because I think back about, you know, to that time and I was like, and I was, I was really assured in that moment that th it was going to be okay. Now hold that because that's not how it, it wouldn't go like that the whole time. So when I, I, I got laid off, I remember telling my wife, her, she, the air was sucked out of the room when she heard the news that I was getting laid off because we were in the middle of a pandemic. So she was like, what the, <laughs> like, what are we going to do? <laughs> and I remember telling her, it's going to be okay. I'm going to take the summer off. I've never been able to do that. And when, when you see me worry, then you can worry. I said, but we're going to be fine. So you know, I took that time, as I mentioned, I decided to get certified in the, in the, in the midst of that period of time. And, and then after I decided to get certified, I started looking for work. And even during that period of time, I was, I was good. And it was, but it was, it was interesting. It was like, right after I got, I decided, made the decision to get certified, all of a sudden, all these, these feelings start to come up. Mm. All of a sudden these, like, and and it was crazy because up until 
making the decision to get certified. It was like all good. I'm feeling great. This is all good. Press this, you know, press the buy button on the certification and, you know, I'm feeling great. And then, and then all of a sudden it's like, it's, it's almost as if my body was like, you know, oh, now, so you want to do this now, huh? Okay. <laughs> so, so you, you really want to do this? You sure this is what you want to do? You sure you can do this? You sh- like, you know, you're going to, you're going to have to go and get and still get work. You're going to do that. And this, how are you going to make that work? And all of these thoughts start coming up and yeah. feelings. Then all of a sudden it's like, you know, the, the feelings of fear. And, and I start to question my choice and, you know, can I do this? Should I do this? Mm. And, you know, and then, it, and then even as I started the certification, <laughs> I'll tell you about that because I started the certification as I'm starting the certification, it's like all these thoughts are coming up now about, you know, me looking for work. Mm-hmm. And I had had some good prospects, had some good interviews, had some good things in the pipeline, but there was all this, all this emotion, all this fear starts coming up. You mm-hmm. know? And it was just, and, and I can't even say that it was, it was like about everything, right? It wasn't about any one thing. It was about, you know, it, it was about, you know, what did I, what did I say? Did I say the right thing in the interview? You know, is, you know, are, are they going to see my value? You know, can I do the certification? Um, you know, can I be a coach? Can I really do this? Can I really create something for myself? You know, so, you know, I say that to say that, you know, we're not, a, no one, none of us are immune from those thoughts. Mm-hmm. None of us are immune from those feelings. Those things are going to come and they're going to be there. But as I was going through them, I was making it mean that something was wrong. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and, it, and it took me, you know, doing my own work to, you know, to realize that, oh, this was just a part of the process. This is just a part of what my brain was choosing, was going to do anytime I was going to step out, right? And mm-hmm. go first. Mm-hmm. And as you said, step out of the line that I was in, right? Mm-hmm. Step mm-hmm. out of the line. You know, um, I so appreciate you sharing that because, you know, I think, you know, there is this misconception. Well, first of all, anytime it happens to one of us, we think it's all me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like yes. nobody understands, you know, the struggles I've seen. <laughs> nobody knows my sorrow. Like we all sing that song. And so it becomes so encouraging when we know, A, I'm not alone, but Mm -hmm. I am so, what I love even more is as a man sharing the honesty of like, listen, I was Mm -hmm. like, what am I doing? What's going on? There were fears and doubts and all that comes into play because I think we forget that, like you said, we all, we're not immune, you know, and that we all go through it. And so it's really, I think it's so vital that we have these conversations so that we know more are in there with us mm-hmm. than not. And that yes. is normal. It's yes. not, it's not, don't think, like you said, you instead of making it mean something about you and your ability and capability and what's possible or not, you just realize it's par for the course. And mm-hmm. it's just something yes. that we go through once we step out of that line. You yes. know, I love yes. that. I, I, I so appreciate you sharing that. Um, I really do. 
you know, so, you know, turning to your podcast, you know, so, you know, you get certified and, you know, I, I know that you relocated, you found something and all that, all that good stuff and, and moving forth to rebirth of you, what made you decide to create this podcast? You know, I know you've talked a lot about just wanting to help men understand a lot of the things that we've just been talking about, but what was the catalyst for you saying, you know what, I'm going to put my voice out there and, and, you know, create a space for this conversation? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, you know, when you go through, you know, a coaching certification and I mean, and just kind of like where we are right now with social media and the internet, you see all of these things. So I think we are constantly served these thoughts and ideas of what we should be doing and how we should be, you know, um, sharing our message and, you know, how we should be giving value. And, and, but I felt, you know, that, there was something that was going to be unique to me in the way I wanted to communicate, the way I wanted to share, um, you know, the way I wanted my voice to be heard. And I felt like a podcast for me was the best way to do that. And Mm. that doesn't mean that that was an easy thing to do. Right. It doesn't. And I, and I, when I say easy, I don't mean like, like doing a podcast is very simple when you really mm-hmm. think about it. Yeah. Right? yeah. Mechanically, technically, it's a very simple thing. It's like you get a mic, you got a computer, you're good. Um, it is the, it, it wasn't the actual reality. It was all the mental stuff that I had to go through <laughs> in order just to get myself to be able to, you know, put my voice out there and, mm-hmm. and, and get over the mind chatter that I had around, you know, well, you know, are people going to listen to me? Like, you know, who am I to be, to think that my voice should be heard above all the others and, you know, all of these thoughts, but I, you know, I, I went to, um, you know, on an annual basis, we have a coaching mastermind that's a part of the school that we were both certified in. And mm-hmm. I, I, I went to, um, that mastermind this April. And, you know, before I went to the mastermind, I, I told myself, I said, I don't want this to be an event that I just come out and talk about and about talk about how great it was. I want this to be an event where on the other side, I talk about what I did as a result of being there. Mm -hmm. And, and, and it was so interesting because when I got there, the whole time they were talking about action, doing, doing. So it was like, okay, yeah. here we go, right? I'm, I'm in the flow. And I left there, you know, I decided there that I was going to do a podcast. Yeah. And I decided yeah. then and there that that was what I was going to do. And I came home and I ordered the mic and I ordered the mic stand. <laughs> and, I did, you know, and I was like, okay. When that comes, you're gonna open it up. <laughs> the first yeah. week gets here, right? You're not gonna let a week go by and just have the box sitting there in your office. <laughs> and I got it, and the box came, and it sat in my office for a day, mm-hmm. another day, and I was like, okay, day three, gotta open it. And I opened it and kind of put things together, and 
and I was like just playing around with it and I was like okay and I was just sitting here and I was like you know what I'm just gonna start talking yeah and 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 it was no one was here there was no one with me right and you know I remember like saying just trying to say random words and like doing another take doing another take doing another (laughs) take And then I finally just started talking and I just got into a flow and I, and it wasn't perfect. And I didn't, you know, and I told myself, you're not going to go back and do a bunch of editing on this because Mm -hmm. that is going to, because it's this constant editing of ourselves. Yeah. Is what gets in the way, you know, like we, we, we've been convinced that we've got to, in order to progress, in order to get the results that we want in life, that we've got to put out A plus work mm-hmm. and, and that there's this perfect, it's got to be perfect before we put it out into the world. Mm-hmm. And then I told myself ahead of time, I said, you're not going to sit here and edit this thing down. You're just going to put it out there. And, and you'll, you'll, you'll get better as you go. Right? Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Give yourself you permission. Yes. 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 Yeah. Exactly. To get better. Permission. Yeah. And that's the other thing too. It's like real figuring, realizing that I don't need anyone else's permission. Mm-hmm. Like we don't need anyone else's permission, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and that was something that I had, I had kind of understood. I kind of learned, you know, and I, and applied someone in my corporate career, but when it came but I found that it was it was easier to apply that in the confines of a of a corporate entity of an organization because you 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 can kind of be you you, you feel safe you can mm-hmm. feel safe because you've got the backing of this corporate infrastructure so that you know they're not going to let you screw up too bad right? right right so but when you're on your own yeah and it's just you right like you got to have your own back. Right. Because there's no one else there. You got to have your own back. Mm-hmm. So that means mm-hmm. that when it comes time to put something out into the world, you've got to just, you, you've got to trust that it's good enough. Yeah. And then if it's not, you're going to get better. Mm-hmm. And you're going to learn from it. And then you do that. And that's, and that's kind of just how I stepped into it. Yeah, I think, I think, you know, you're right. You have the safety of the organization, but you also don't have anybody else to blame. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> we yes. can always we can always say well it really wasn't me it was you know <laughs> it was the company if they actually did stuff that for me so you know so, so it's all that it's is, all on you yeah. but but you know I think you know so many things that you said um first of all making the decision right and then you know so you ordered everything and then when it came in not to be intimidated by that it's like you know i'm going to stick to it holding yourself accountable yes. and then just going in there going after it and one of the things i always tell my clients about you know when it comes to career you know it's always um decision making always seems life or death decision making mm-hmm. right and you're always afraid of what if i make the right move or say the wrong thing or go in the wrong direction But, you know, what I think you demonstrated just even in this podcast, you know, going after your certification, like all the things, you know, you know, and me too, doing that kind of stuff is that you just kind of got to put yourself out there and see what happens. That really your career is no different than any other aspect of your life is that you just got to kind of put some stuff out there and see what happens. You have to go for that interview or go for that job or try something different or experiment a little bit just so that you can gain more 
not, not just confidence in yourself, but more data and information to, I think, continue to prove to yourself that you can do hard, difficult, challenging, you know, unorthodox, whatever things that are possible out there, you know? Yeah. And so I think, um, you know, just your story of just saying, I'm going to do this, I'm, I'm going to make the decision and holding yourself accountable and just putting yourself out there. And one of the biggest things is not caring what other people think, you know, I always tell people, other people are more, they're too busy in their own stories and scripts most of the time to be, to be caring about your story and script, you know, so it could be, it could be challenging. You know, one of the things I do want to ask though, too, and this I think is really um, interesting from your perspective, because while there are men in the life coach school, Mm -hmm. it is a woman vibe organization i mean would you not agree with that i mean from the top down it is like female heavy (laughs) so from this perspective you are on the other side of what most women experience when they go into fields or industries Mm -hmm. or things of that nature so you know how how did you how did you navigate that or negotiate that like like or did anything come up at all for you about that when you entered in when you even Uh, thought about this program and you know like you said coming to the mastermind because I know there was like women, there's a lot of screaming in Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so no, it's a great question. And, and, and yes, you know, that was, um, it was something that I had to negotiate, but it didn't take me any time. And what I mean by that is, um, you know, when I had started listening to the podcast in the Life Coach School, it was clear and evident who the who the client avatar was for the school, right? Yeah. It was not a man, <laughs> and um, and there was no apology in that, nor should there have been, right? There was just mm-hmm. that's just that that was the market, and and so you know, so I do remember, you know, the question coming up in my mind, you know, is this like, do you like, could you see yourself going to this school? Could you see yourself? And, and I remember immediately answering the question. I'm like, the shit is good. Hell yeah, I'm going to go, right? Like, that's what was my answer. It was like, like, it was, you know, what I was hearing was, was some of the best stuff I had heard and packaged in a way, you know, and within a framework that I felt like this made sense to me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and, and the other piece is that I have, I have grown accustomed and comfortable being one of a few in mm. many in most of the rooms that I walk that I walk into. Yeah. So so from that perspective, I was like, yeah, this is just like this would just be like any other day. Yeah. Yeah. And, and um, you know, so yeah, so for me it was really about I was like, I was, I was wedded to the content. I was, you know, um, I was wedded to my result. And and when I thought about it and I thought into the future, I didn't want that to be the reason why I didn't do the thing that I felt was going to be the best for me. Mm-hmm. And, um, and when I look back now, I'm glad that I, you know, I chose for my future self and not for my present self at that time. Like I mm. like, self went out. That's just go right there. That's a tweetable. That's a tweetable. <laughs> I'm glad I chose for my future self and not my current self, the person I was that day. That is fabulous right there. That is so true. 
I love that. I love that. Like, listen, when you're thinking about making choices and decisions you want to make, think about the person that you want to be and what you want to accomplish and have at the other end of it and not all the drama or whatever that's happening with you today. I love that. That's a tweetable <laughs> for sure. Um, so I have another question for you. So, you know, professional women at midlife tend to focus more on others. Like, you know, I hear women say all the time that they've just gotten so used to, you know, by this time they have kids, they have a, a partner, they're maybe caring for aging parents, you know, PTA. It's like all of this externally focused um, support that they give. And so there's a lot of fear around making a change or taking a risk, um, you know, giving all that up, like moving out of, um, you know, the, the current person that they are, kind of like what we talked about, you know, in lieu of, you know, where they want to go. And, and what are some of the ways that you think men in midlife can be supportive of women at midlife during this time in the process, you know, while they're trying to figure out their, while they're stepping out of line, figuring out their new path and, and stepping into who they want to be. Now, this is a big question. I'm asking you to speak on behalf of every man in the world, I, right? I <laughs> putting on my man cap. <laughs> <laughs> right, you know, but I'm just, I'm just curious from your perspective, you know, I'll put it from, for, you know, put it that way. Like, like, what do you think could be helpful, you know, when women are kind of going through, you know, those kind of things, if they're open to have conversations with men about it? Yeah, I, I think one is, is being open and willing to have conversations about it, mm -hmm. right? And, mm -hmm. and, and, to, and to really see that and be willing to hear and listen mm. and understand that the 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 journey that you know a woman in midlife is going through you know though there though there are similarities mm -hmm. there are a lot of differences mm -hmm. and um and i think one of the things that we can do as men is not feel like we've got to come in and solve for mm. what women are going through. Mm. Um, and quite frankly, we don't necessarily have the answers that you are going to need um, <laughs> because you know the challenges that you're you know that women are facing are you know, you know again I think from like emotionally mentally as far as you know, as far as mindset, I think there are a lot of similarities, but I also think that, you know, how that presents itself for a woman is very different. Mm -hmm. And I think that how the world responds to a woman is very different. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I think one of the things that men can do is just, if, if nothing else, just acknowledge that, acknowledge that fact, acknowledge mm. the fact that, you know, um, you know, how a woman is responded to as she shows up in the world is is just different than than what than what I'm going to experience, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And you know, I've 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 seen this with with my wife. I've seen this with my daughter. I've seen this with uh, you know my female colleagues and you know and you know women who have worked for me and women who I've reported to. Um, and, you know, so I think from, you know, from men, you know, I think we could have, 
a tendency to um, what I would say, and I'm going to say this, and I'm just going to say it, you know, we have a tendency to like almost turn down the volume mm. when we're, you know, when we're hearing women describe the, the, the challenges and the fears and the situations and the issues that they're going through, mm-hmm. um, you know, and what I would say for men is that you're cutting off a great opportunity. You're just cutting off an opportunity to open up your own experience of the world, your own experience as a human. And I think that, you know, you know, and for me having a daughter, I think about this a lot. I think about, you know, the world that I want her to grow up in, you know, that I have always taught my daughter to like, you go first. You don't wait. Mm. You don't wait for permission, mm. right? Like you can do, not and not just in cliche. I'm like, you put your mind to it, you can do it. You you want to do it, you decide right now. Be the person now. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember telling her, I'm like, you're not. There is no magic pixie dust that happens when you become an adult that it gets sprinkled on you, and all of a sudden you just start thinking and acting. I'm like, you have to do that work. Mm-hmm. We'd be looking for it though, but that's right. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. All day long. Right. All day long. I'm like, you know, you want to, you know, what, what, and whatever it is you want to do. I'm like, mm. you know, I'll support you. It's your life. You mm-hmm. get to live your life. You own it. I don't own it. You know, I don't mm. own it. And, and I think that for, you know, <laughs> it's interesting. I think for, for, you know, for a lot of men, they may not even realize how much they predetermine, you know, how a woman should be showing up in the world in their mm-hmm. own minds. Mm-hmm. Like there's this predetermined idea. Mm-hmm. And, and so I would challenge men to ask themselves like, what would, who would you be if you didn't have that predetermined idea on how, you know, women should show up in the world, how they should be? Who would you be? Mm-hmm. How would mm-hmm. you interact? How would you relate? Wow. Wow. That's powerful. I, I, and I love, I love the, the lesson that you're giving to your daughter, you know, in a lot of ways, you're just telling her you have your own agency. So just go for it. So it doesn't have to be, you know, we talked about earlier about this waiting for permission or falling in line with, you know, getting in line that, you know, we're supposed to be into and listening to all these other voices Mm -hmm. and really helping her to listen to her own. And I think that is, that's probably one of the most powerful things I would think about because it's, you know, from a female perspective and definitely from my age group, that's not something, um, I had a father similar to yours who I think gave me a lot of agency, you know, but it definitely was being combated against at that time, you know, in the sixties and seventies where women didn't have, you know, the rest Mm -hmm. of the world was like, your father's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Even my own mother who had grown up, you know, in terms Mm -hmm. of how a woman should be and should act Mm -hmm. and, you know, getting those messages from her, you know, as well was really conflicting, but, you know, to be able to start from that age to say, don't wait for it. Don't look for it. There's no magic year number or pixie dust coming your way. Just like set it up right now and go for it. I think that's so powerful, Yeah, you know, and and go ahead. Even my voice, right. I I've even, you know, have coached her on, you know, being careful not to be 
biased by what I would prefer for her to do. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I was like, even I don't know what's best for you. I'm like, I have desires for you, but my desires are biased by the fact that I'm your father. Right. And, 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 and I have, and I'm dealing with my own ideas and emotions and fears and around, you know, her and her existence, mm-hmm. you know? And so I say my piece, but I also give her the freedom and the agency to decide for herself. Yeah. Wow. What a gift, honestly. I mean, what, what a gift, what a great way to set her up for, for her life, you mm-hmm. know, and yeah. what a great foundation mm-hmm. she's going to have to lean back to and depend on when everything else around her is storming and, you know, wailing around her with, you know, either a different message or, or a different focus, but what a great foundation. Yeah. So, so I always ask people, you know, what does it mean to you to be a career rebel? I love that question. And, you know, I think some of it, I will say, goes back to one of the things I said earlier is being a career rebel to me means you going first. Mm. Being a career rebel means not waiting for permission. Mm. Being a career rebel means, you know, not waiting to, you know, check all the boxes for the role that you want to go for and to know that whoever whoever was in that role before they had to figure it out and so can you Mm. um you know that is what in my mind it means to be you know a career rebel it's like you've got to call your own shot and you've got to be willing to you know take some risk and, you know, and it doesn't mean that everything's going to turn out, but, you know, I'd rather, I'd, I'd rather be failing going after my future self than to just be like really successful, you know, but just living the same life and living, being very successful in my current state, mm. right? I'd rather be going after it. Um, and so I love that. That's another tweetable. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I'd rather be going after failing, going after it than being successful, being stuck where I'm at. I love that. Yeah. 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 Gosh, that's so good. There's so much we miss out on our life when we just like kind of, you know, plant ourselves down and limit our thinking. I always say that we, you know, people, can't see beyond their own limitations. And so why it's so important to hear other voices and to be in other conversations, to continue to expand your mind and your thinking about what's possible. And then when you do hear what's possible to just don't stay stuck there, Mm. to actually move in the direction of it, to just trip and fall and fail, like you said, on the way to Mm. something that could be so much bigger and broader than you ever thought imaginable. I know even for myself, you know, it wasn't, you know, I stepped into what I'm doing now around the time I was turning 50 and the life I've led for the last, you know, going into my 58th year is it almost feels like I got, you know, speaking of rebirth, (laughs) (laughs) 
you know, in a lot of ways, I feel like, you know, it's it, the door, what, what I've experienced these last eight years would have never been possible for me mm-hmm. had I stayed in an old way of thinking or thinking this was all for me or it was too late for me or it was too old for me or um, what I've done in the past is, is only an indication of what I could possibly do in the future. And just by saying yes, you know, like you going to the conference and saying, I'm going to take action. I'm going to do this podcast. I'm going to get my voice out there and actually doing it, you know, failing forward, mm-hmm. you know, just my, my goodness. I mean, the, the opportunities let you know that what's possible is truly endless. And, yeah. you know, with every level, another door opens up that you can go through if you give yourself permission to do that. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. This has been phenomenal. Thank you so much for this conversation, uh, Dwayne. I, I have enjoyed it so much. You know, what, what, how can people find you or what, what else is coming up? What other possible barriers are you breaking <laughs> <laughs> that we need to know about and stay in tune with? <laughs> sure. So, so you can find me at DwayneLecky.com. So I'm on the web at DwayneLecky.com. And you can also find me on social media, Dwayne Lecky Coaching on Instagram and Facebook. Um, my podcast is The Rebirth of You. Um, and, you know, for, you know, for you ladies listening, if there is a man in your life that you've seen and you've watched and he and you've watching him and you're looking at him and you think that, you know, he's on the living, he is he there is more for him or he just, and he just needs some help, um, you know, send him my way. Um, you can send him to DwayneLeckie.com forward slash consult. He can get a free 35 minute consult with me where I'll share with him, you know, what this work look, looks like. We'll actually go into some coaching and we can talk about what it's like to work with me. And, um, you know, I, I, this is what I love to do. Um, like I said, you know, I've, I got more energy now than I've ever had. And it's only the beginning. Oh, I love it. And I will make sure that all of the links to be able to access that free consult and to, to get into this, um, to listen to your podcast as well is available in the show notes. And listen, yes, I agree. I mean, you all have heard this conversation, you know, put that link, drop that link in emails and send it to your male folk friends so they can actually, you know, open themselves up to these conversations and start listening so that we can really start helping each other along this journey and this, this midlife journey. You know, again, Dwayne, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. All right. That's it for us today, Rebels. Listen, thank you so much for joining. Again, Rebirth of You podcast. I'll drop the link. Share that with uh, the male counterparts in our life because like we're having the conversation, so should they. And then together we can listen to each other and really make a change in our lives. Listen, and until next time, have an amazingly rebellious week. See you soon. Hey, if you're loving what you're learning on the podcast, then you've got to come check out the Career Rebel Academy. It's where you'll get the individual help and support you need applying the concepts and strategies you're learning here and so much more. You'll be joined by a community of other rebels just like you, and I'll be there as your guide every step of the way. If you're genuinely looking to change the course of your life and career, I promise you, this is the place you'll want to be. Just go to www.carolparkerwalsh.com forward slash career dash rebel dash academy.
I can't wait to see you there.